an epistle containing the strange medical experience of Karshish, the Arab physician, by Robert Browning, read for LibriVox.org by E. H. Blackmore. Karshish, the picker-up of learning's crumbs, the not incurious in God's handiwork, this man's flesh he hath admirably made, blown like a bubble, kneaded like a paste, to coop up and keep down on earth a space that puff of vapour from his mouth, man's soul, to Abib, all sagacious in our art, breeder in me of what poor skill I boast, like me inquisitive, how pricks and cracks befall the flesh, through too much stress and strain, whereby the wily vapour fain would slip back and rejoin its source before the term, and aptest in contrivance, under God, to baffle it, by deftly stopping such. The vagrant scholar, to his sage at home, sends greeting, health and knowledge, fame with peace. Three samples of true snake-stone, rarer still, one of the other sort, the melon-shaped, but fitter pounded fine for charms than drugs, and writeth now the twenty-second time. My journeyings were brought to Jericho, thus I resume. Who, studious in our art, shall count a little labour unrepaid? I have shed sweat enough, left flesh and bone on many a flinty furlong of this land. Also, the countryside is all on fire with rumours of a marching hitherward. Some say Vespasian cometh, some his son. A black lynx snarled, and pricked a tufted ear. Lust of my blood inflamed his yellow balls. I cried and threw my staff, and he was gone. Twice have the robbers stripped and beaten me, and once a town declared me for a spy. But at the end I reached Jerusalem, since this poor covert where I pass the night, this Bethany, lies scarce the distance thence a man with plague sores at the third degree runs till he drops down dead. Thou laughest here. Sooth it elates me thus reposed and safe to void the stuffing of my travel scrip and share with thee whatever jewry yields. A viscid collar is observable in tertians, I was nearly bold to say, and falling sickness hath a happier cure than our school wots of. There's a spider here weaves no web, watches on the ledge of tombs, sprinkled with mottles on an ash-grey back, take five and drop them. But who knows his mind, the Syrian runagate I trust this to? His service payeth me a sublimate blown up his nose to help the ailing eye. Best wait. I reach Jerusalem at morn, there set in order my experiences, gather what most deserves, and give thee all. Or, I might add, Judea's gum tragacanth scales off in purer flakes, shines clearer grained, cracks twixt the pestle and the porphyry, in fine, exceeds our produce. Scalp disease confounds me crossing so with leprosy, Thou hadst admired one sort I gained at Zoar, but zeal outruns discretion. 
here I end. Yet stay, my Syrian blinketh gratefully, Protesteth his devotion is my price. Suppose I write what harms not though he steal. I half resolve to tell thee, yet I blush, What set me off a writing first of all. An itch I had, a sting to write, a tang, For, be it this town's barrenness, Or else the man had something in the look of him, his case has struck me far more than tis worth. So pardon if, lest presently I lose in the great press of novelty at hand the care and pains this somehow stole from me, I bid thee take the thing while fresh in mind, almost in sight. For, wilt thou have the truth, the very man is gone from me but now, whose ailment is the subject of discourse. Thus then, and let thy better wit help all. Tis but a case of mania, subinduced by epilepsy, at the turning point of trance prolonged unduly some three days, when, by the exhibition of some drug or spell, exorcisation, stroke of art unknown to me, and which twere well to know, the evil thing outbreaking all at once left the man whole and sound of body indeed, but flinging, so to speak, life's gates too wide, making a clear house of it too suddenly, the first conceit that entered might inscribe whatever it was minded on the wall, so plainly at that vantage, as it were, first come, first served, that nothing subsequent attaineth to erase those fancy scrawls the just returned and new established soul hath gotten now so thoroughly by heart that henceforth she will read or these or none. And first, the man's own firm conviction rests that he was dead. In fact, they buried him, that he was dead and then restored to life by a Nazarene physician of his tribe, saith the same bad rise, and he did rise. Such cases are diurnal, thou wilt cry. Not so this figment. Not that such a fume, instead of giving way to time and health, should eat itself into the life of life, as saffron tingeth flesh, blood, bones, and all. For see how he takes up the afterlife. The man, it is one Lazarus, a Jew, sanguine, proportioned, fifty years of age, the body's habit wholly laudable, as much indeed beyond the common health, as he were made and put aside to show. Think, could we penetrate by any drug, and bathe the wearied soul and worried flesh, and bring it clear and fair by three days' sleep? Whence has the man the balm that brightens all? This grown man eyes the world now like a child. Some elders of his tribe, I should premise, led in their friend, obedient as a sheep, to bear my inquisition. While they spoke, now sharply, now with sorrow, told the case, he listened not, except I spoke to him, but folded his two hands and let them talk, watching the flies that buzzed, and yet no fool. And that's a sample how his years must go. Look, if a beggar, in fixed middle life, should find a treasure, 
can he use the same with straitened habits and with tastes starved small and take at once to his impoverished brain the sudden element that changes things that sets the undreamed of rapture at his hand and puts the cheap old joy in the scorned dust is he not such an one as moves to mirth wearily parsimonious when no need wasteful as drunkenness at undue times all prudent counsel as to what befits the golden mean is lost on such an one the man's fantastic will is the man's law so here we call the treasure knowledge say increased beyond the fleshly faculty heaven open to a soul while yet on earth earth forced on a soul's use while seeing heaven the man is witless of the size the sum the value in proportion of all things or whether it be little or be much discourse to him of prodigious armaments assembled to besiege his city now and of the passing of a mule with gourds this one then take it on the other side speak of some trifling fact he will gaze rapt with stupor at its very littleness far as i see as if in that indeed he caught prodigious import whole results and so will turn to us the bystanders in ever the same stupor note this point that we too see not with his opened eyes wonder and doubt come wrongly into play preposterously at cross purposes should his child sicken unto death why look for scarce abatement of his cheerfulness or pretermission of the daily craft while a word gesture glance from that same child at play or in the school or laid asleep will startle him to an agony of fear exasperation just as like demand the reason why tis but a word object a gesture he regards thee as our lord who lived there in the pyramid alone looked at us dost thou mind when being young we both would unadvisedly recite some charms beginning from that book of his able to bid the sun throb wide and burst all into stars as sons grown old are wont thou and the child have each avail alike thrown o'er your heads from under which ye both stretch your blind hands and trifle with a match over a mine of greek fire did ye know he holds on firmly to some thread of life it is the life to lead perforcedly which runs across some vast distracting orb of glory on either side that meagre thread which conscious of he must not enter yet the spiritual life around the earthly life the law of that is known to him as this his heart and brain move there his feet stay here so is the man perplexed with impulses sudden to start off crosswise not straight on proclaiming what is right and wrong across and not along this black thread through the blaze it should be balked by here it cannot be and oft the man's soul springs into his face as if he saw again and heard again his sage that bade him rise and he did rise something a word a tick of the blood within admonishes 
then back he sinks at once to ashes who was very fire before in sedulous recurrence to his trade whereby he earneth him the daily bread and studiously the humbler for that pride professedly the faultier that he knows god's secret while he holds the thread of life indeed the especial marking of the man is prone submission to the heavenly will seeing it what it is and why it is saith he will wait patient to the last for that same death which must restore his being to equilibrium body loosening soul divorced even now by premature full growth he will live nay it pleaseth him to live so long as god please and just how god please he even seeketh not to please god more which meaneth otherwise than as god please hence i perceive not he affects to preach the doctrine of his sect whate'er it be make proselytes as madmen thirst to do how can he give his neighbour the real ground his own conviction ardent as he is call his great truth a lie why still the old be it as god please reassureth him i probed the saw as thy disciple should how beast said i this stolid carelessness sufficeth thee when rome is on her march to stamp out like a little spark thy town thy tribe thy crazy tale and thee at once he merely looked with his large eyes on me the man is apathetic you deduce contrarywise he loves both old and young able and weak affects the very brutes and birds how say i flowers of the field as a wise workman recognizes tools in a master's workshop loving what they make thus is the man as harmless as a lamb only impatient let him do his best at ignorance and carelessness and sin an indignation which is promptly curbed as when in certain travel i have feigned to be an ignoramus in our art according to some preconceived design and hap to hear the land's practitioners steeped in conceit sublimed by ignorance prattle fantastically on disease its cause and cure and i must hold my peace thou wilt object why have i not ere this sought out the sage himself the nazarene who wrought this cure inquiring at the source conferring with the frankness that befits alas it grieveth me the learned leech perished in a tumult many years ago accused our learning's fate of wizardry rebellion to the setting up a rule and creed prodigious as described to me his death which happened when the earthquake fell prefiguring as soon appeared the loss to occult learning in our lord the sage who lived there in the pyramid alone was wrought by the mad people that's their wont on vain recourse as i conjecture it to his tried virtue for miraculous help how could he stop the earthquake that's their way the other imputations must be lies but take one though i loathe to give it thee in mere respect for any good man's fame and after all our patient lazarus is stark mad should we count on what he says perhaps not though in writing to a leech tis well to keep back nothing of a case this man so cured regards the curer then as god forgive me who but god himself creator and sustainer of the world that came and dwelt in flesh on it a while saith that such an one was born and lived taught healed the sick 
broke bread at his own house then died with lazarus by for aught i know and yet was what i said nor choose repeat and must have so avouched himself in fact in hearing of this very lazarus who saith but why all this of what he saith why write of trivial matters things of price calling at every moment for remark i noticed on the margin of a pool blue flowering borage the aleppo sort aboundeth very nitrous it is strange thy pardon for this long and tedious case which now that i review it needs must seem unduly dwelt on prolixly set forth nor i myself discern in what is writ good cause for the peculiar interest and awe indeed this man has touched me with perhaps the journey's end the weariness had wrought upon me first i met him thus i crossed a ridge of short sharp broken hills like an old lion's cheek teeth out there came a moon made like a face with certain spots multiform manifold and menacing then a wind rose behind me so we met in this old sleepy town at unaware the man and i i send thee what is writ regard it as a chance a matter risked to this ambiguous syrian he may lose or steal or give it thee with equal good jerusalem's repose shall make amends for time this letter wastes thy time and mine till when once more thy pardon and farewell the very god think abib dost thou think so the all great were the all loving too so through the thunder comes a human voice saying o heart i made a heart beats here face my hands fashioned see it in myself thou hast no power nor mayst conceive of mine but love i gave thee with myself to love and thou must love me who have died for thee the madman saith he said so it is strange end of an epistle containing the strange medical experience of Karshish, the Arab physician, by Robert Browning. This recording is in the public domain.